All right, welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. So, uh, days are all screwed up. They have no meaning anymore anyway, but now there's the Cubs are done and dusted. So, I don't even know. At some point, we're going to do a season wrap-up, but this is not that. Um, Mike, Donahue, and I are going to do our Remember This Crap podcast, but we're going to do it later this week. And so, if it's Tuesday, it's, well, this Tuesday... It's the Bear Podcast with Mike Pusateri. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Glad to uh, glad to be back with you. You know what a difference a week makes. A week ago at this time, we were savoring a Bears victory, and the Cubs were in the playoffs, and everything was looking good, and then everything went to shit. Yep, everything's all back. Our fearless leader caught COVID. Yep. <laughs> so did Donald Trump. <laughs> I don't even know who the first one would have been that I was in that joke. Anyways, um... You people can find out all that they'd ever want to know about you and more at MikePusateri.com. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Common that spelling of Mike and Pusateri, yes. both. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. Last week we were like, all right, Bears switch quarterbacks. We don't have to put up with Mitch anymore. Nick Foles has got this offense running like a finely tuned machine. And then um, – they played the Colts, who are the first team that they've played this year with an actual defense, and it was very, very bad. We learned the Bears do not fare well against teams that have an actual NFL defense. Yeah, And it was the same old shit that we're used to, which was if you make it tough on the Bears to run the ball early in the game, they will quit. Yeah, They won't even try that anymore. They ran the ball 16 times, which is bad, but only... Ten of them were by an actual running back. Montgomery, ten carries for 27 yards. Then Cordero masquerades as a running back. So I guess you can give those three carries and say, all right, he lined up as a running back. Mm -hmm. And then Nick Foles ran twice, and they ran a wonderful, um, I guess it's not a reverse. It's an end around, because in order for it to be a reverse, there has to be a second handoff. And that was Darnell Mooney lost three yards. Yes. yes. I had a long, very long conversation one time with a guy about what a double reverse is in football. And I wanted to shoot myself a good 30 seconds into it because he <laughs> maintained that announcers always get it wrong. Because, you know, what they'll see is that you run an end around and then he hands off and it's a reverse. And they call it a double reverse. And that's not, that's simply the first reversal. And I'm like, I don't care enough. Stop it. Right. So I won't get, I won't, that's, I've already talked about it longer than I should have. So under the great Nick Foles, um, the Bears scored a whopping 11 points. Eight of them came at the end when basically the Colts were like, uh, just don't, we're, we're going to let you score as long as you don't score with enough time to score again. Yeah. And, it, it, it almost felt like those eight points didn't even count in yeah. some kind of weird way. And, and that was the only that was the only time the Bears could run the ball when it mattered, you know, for the two point conversion because I think the Colts were like, "Okay, sure, run that in. Who cares?" Well, they were like everybody else. One thing we know they're not going to do is run the ball here. Yeah, and then they did. So. And then they did. But when they needed, when the Bears needed, you know, a fourth and one or a third and two. They, they either pass or they can't or they can't run for it. Yeah, it's either pass it or give it to the punt returner. Kick uh, return. Not even the punt returner, oh. the kick returner. The kick returner, yeah. 
But when the Colts need fourth and one, they they get three yards. And that's the thing. You know, you expect the Bears to have shitty quarterbacks. We're like, we're used to that. But you also expect the Bears to be able to run the ball if it's third and short or fourth and short and get a first down. And they can't do that. Saw the stat today, which was not shocking at all, which is since 2018. Yes, I know where you're going. The Bears have converted a whopping 56% of third and or fourth and short. The mm-hmm. worst percentage in football. And that coincides with the hiring of one, uh, I don't know what his middle name is, of Matthew whatever, Nagy. Matthew Keller. <laughs> we know it's not that. And it's not Stanley either. <laughs> right. Yeah. Isn't that Hallis? Can you see George Stanley Hallis? Is that what the S is? Because now I'm all confused. It is. Staley. Well, that's just weird. Yeah, well, Staley is because they, they were the Decatur Staley's. Right. I know. I just think it's weird that the nickname was only one letter off of his middle name. True, yeah. Hmm. Yep. George Stanley Hallis Sr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the podcast with Donahue, we, I, we, I went in way too long of describing the original George Hallis patch that the Bears wore when he died. Mm-hmm. And I was the GSH. The GSH. Yeah, and I was a small child, and I couldn't figure out why the H was in the middle because it was monogrammed. So it was a little G yeah. and a big H and a little S, and it didn't make any sense to me. And I remember Dad explaining it to me, and then I ask again later, and he's like, "You know, God damn it, are you the dumbest person in the world?" And I said, "Yeah, probably." Um, and then when they switched to just the thing on the shoulders, then they just went straight initials. So, yeah. But I, I can picture the stupid, it was shaped like a football. Yeah. As monograms are, I guess. Yeah. wonder what member of the McCaskey family designed that logo. Oh, it was probably Vange. Probably sure she was. Can you mock something up for the old man? Sure, I'll be happy to. It's my Virginia McCaskey impression. Although, to put it in context, that's the impression um, 37 years ago. She doesn't sound like that anymore. No, totally. Yeah. So don't. I don't want to get any shit. No, no, uh, no tweets about my. Don't it. Don't it. It was add. accurate. If you could go back thirty-seven years, you you'd think she was in the room with you when I right. what I just said. You think it was dead on. So the weird thing about the game, other than the fact that the Bears lost, which is probably not that weird, um, was that you know it looks relative. It's cl- it looks close. It's an eight-point game. Bears had a theoretical chance at getting an onside kick and um, and you know trying to tie in the waning moments but for those of us who watched the game they pretty much got their ass kicked for three and a half hours yeah and yeah that was the other part of it was it, it took forever nothing was happening but it was taking forever yeah yeah, I was bouncing around as we were talking before the podcast, bouncing around New Mexico and Arizona trying to watch this game on my iPad while my wife was driving the RV. And it, it seemed like it was never going to end. And it was not a particularly exciting game. No, not even for well, – I mean, Colts fans are from Indiana. So what do they know about excitement? Um, even they couldn't have been too thrilled by it other than the fact that they won. Um, nobody put up – stats of any uh, import on either team. Philip Rivers, 16 to 29, 190 yards. That's like, you know, 
That's like old Bear Jim Harbaugh kind of game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is their leading rusher. 17 carries for 68 yards. That's no great shakes. Uh, the difference, of course, it, other than the score, was one team, although they were having trouble running the ball, ran it 38 times for 103 yards. The other team ran it 16 times for 28. I'm going to guess that team number two is the Bears. Yeah, I mean, it's it's he if, if you give Matt Nagy an excuse to just chuck it, he's going to throw it. And so Nick Foles, 26 of 42, 249 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Which the pick, right. that's, thank you. That wasn't, that wasn't really his fault. No. Anthony Miller, yet again, with another weird, he's not good. I think last week we were like, is he good? And this week, no. He's not yeah. good. He stinks. Uh, three, ca- three catches for 16 yards. That's yeah. great. I'll hit him in a bad spot, the, the one that was intercepted. Right in the hands. So, what was distressing to me was, um, well, two, two things reared their ugly heads that we... One thing we thought maybe wasn't going to, and that was the Bears' offensive line being thrown around um, at will by the Colts, which happened to them all last season, which got Harry Heastand fired. Um, and then this year, the first three games, it didn't happen. And we thought, all right. And we had talked last week about how they're not calling holding anymore. Well, they did call holding in this game, but they only called it against the Colts. So they can't even use that. Maybe the Bears couldn't actually hold. They were going to, we're going to call it, but they couldn't actually even grab Calais Campbell. He was right. just like shooting by. Um, now that's a guy. He's been around forever, and every time I see him, I forget that he's six foot seven. He's just a ridiculously sized human, mm-hmm. and he's good. And I knew when I've, I didn't even know until last week that that he was a Colt, and I just thought that's going to be a problem for the Bears, and it was. And it was, yeah, yeah. The Colts have a have a really good offensive line, but it, it, something you would expect the Bears, well, something the Bears used to have in their heyday. That's what you expect the Bears to have. You expect the Bears to have a great running back and a good solid offensive line good defense and a terrible quarterback. That's kind of the expectation. (laughs) So they still (laughs) have, they they still have one of the terrible quarterback part down. Yeah. Well, this was a game that, you know, I don't know what Tariq Cohen would have done in this game. Um, I I lamented, I, I, I lamented the fact that he got hurt right when Foles took over, because I think they would have been able to do some things with Nick to, um, get the ball to him more, but this didn't feel like a game he was going to have much of an impact in. Right. Even if he were ambulatory. Although I, the fact that with Ted Ginn Jr. returning punts, he, he signaled for the fair catch and then a Colt cut the ball on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. Ted that also cool. caught one of the punts with his hands up over his head as though he was catching up. Like he was shagging a fly ball. And it was just the most disinterested-looking punt catch I've ever seen, which was like, ah, fuck, I guess this is it. And he reaches up and catches it and runs for like three yards and falls down. 
Yeah. Um, but it was good. I'm glad Nagy kept that a secret. Right? Because the Colts, I'm sure, just were like, for a whole week, like, oh, who's going to run back punts for the yeah. Bears? My God, it could be. Petrified. Could be Anthony Miller. It could be Ted Ginn. Uh, could be Ryan Nall. What if it's Nall? Holy shit. No. Oh. oh, we're screwed if it's Nall. We're screwed if it's Nall. <laughs> Nall did get a kickoff, didn't he, at the end of the first, you know, the, the squib kick. wasn't. Yep. Didn't Ryan Nall pick that pick yep. that up and then fall down? Yeah, you could hear Hub yelling, go, go, from wherever he lives. Yeah. But what I was going to say was um, that Sunday was a game where you would have liked to have had two real running backs, which even if Tariq was healthy, they don't have. And you just kind of say, all right, we're just going to have to, as long as this game is close, and it was close the whole way, I think it were, the worst it was was what? Um, 16 to 3, I guess. Which is, yeah. should not be insurmountable for, you know, the, not the comeback Bears. Um, right. But it's the kind of game where you're like, okay, we've got David Montgomery, we've got another running back, and we're just going to line up, and we are, we're going to, we're going to force this. We're going to make this work. We're going to move the ball on the ground. We're going to open up the passing game a little bit. And they just, they have no will to do it. And they have an excuse because they don't have the personnel to do it. Although they now have, hold on to your hats. Uh, they activated Lamar Miller from the mm. practice squad. Lamar was good like eight years ago. So we got that going for us now, which is which nice. Is just sending Sending terrifying the rest of the NFL. Well, I would, I would guess that the Bucks are like, oh shit, should we even bother to go up there? Yeah, you know what? Let's 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 not even about, start braiding. Let's not start braiding. Yeah. We're not hey, Tommy, did you hear about Lamar Miller? Oh god damn it! No. Yep. All right. <laughs> you want to just pretend you flunked a COVID test, and we'll send uh, <laughs> right whoever the backup is. Actually, right. they have somebody hysterical for their backup. Just, just tell Bruce Arians you were at the Amy Coney Barrett. <laughs> Rose Garden ceremony. I'm surprised he wasn't. You know he was invited. He probably wanted to. Sure. He, he had right. practice or something. He couldn't go. But uh, that's a TB12 event, if there ever was one. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it was that was one of the frustrating things about... Um, oh, I just I just saw... I have a road... And now a roadmap to the Bears going 4-1. and one. And it involves Tom Brady failing a COVID test because the backup quarterback for Tampa Bay is Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> so there you go. That could there it work. Is. That could work. You know, I don't want to mm-hmm. wish the disease on anybody. Uh, no, maybe a false positive. I you know I, I throw a lab tech under the bus. That's fine. You know, Plenty Tom has to sit out. Turns out, you know what, Tom, you're fine. Congratulations. Yeah. Matthew Stafford had a false positive, famously, did he not? Yeah, and his wife is still writing 4,000-word posts on Instagram about how it was the scariest moment of her life. Right. Yeah, despite the fact that she survived uh, cancer. Exactly. Um, also out for the Bucks, uh, O.J. Howard. So now they're down to uh, two Pro Bowl tight ends, Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski. Hmm. That's a real blow to them. Actually, O.J. Yeah. Howard is pretty good. I'm sure nobody on the Bears could have covered him, so that's probably good. Right. You shaving? I think that was the. Uh, I think that was the dry. <laughs> that was a dryer going off. <laughs> we just traveled two thousand miles, so we got a lot of laundry to do. 
Um, well, you know who's you know who's not going to get COVID because I was fascinated by the. Uh, I could I don't know I couldn't take my Frank Reich's face guard was just fascinating to me. It was like a little mini like a a sports car version of a face shield. <laughs> well, and I was did he custom order that or did he just like buy a child's face shield and start wearing that? No, it's he's in Indianapolis, man. You don't think somebody down at the track? Whipped one up for him, <laughs> right? They're like, "Hey, Frank, wait, get a load of this. Check this out. You want to impress the ladies, Frank? Here you go." Yeah, I, uh, I don't. I mean, I guess I. From what we know about COVID, it the face shield is fine, but it feels like the face shield without a mask is not really what's going to work. That you, the face shield should be extra protection. It shouldn't hmm. be the primary protection. Right. Um, right. Better than a gator, though, right? Because isn't a gator even worse than nothing? Right, which is exactly what uh, David Ross wore uh, the entire season. Right. But it worked. Cubs, they may not have... They scored one more run in the playoffs than they had positive COVID tests all season. <laughs> so when they hang that, that's the flag they're going to hang up. Actually, they won't because I'm sure that their ownership is like embarrassed. Yeah, like oh well, it's bad. we can't brag about that. That's not even a thing. Well, <laughs> it is. It is. Trust us, it is a thing. Right. So the discussion was had, and non sarcastically in some quarters, about why if uh, Nagy was so quick to yank Mitch against the Falcons, did he not go to Mitch when it was clear that the offense wasn't going to be able to move the ball against the Colts? It seems to me that the the reason for that is uh, Mitch is is bad, and he would and he would have done worse. I think that's probably what the thinking was. But that that wasn't my favorite Mitch take of the week. So at the end of the week, uh, it was announced that Tyler Bray, actually I think that's Sunday morning. I don't think this. I'm sure the Bears kept this secret too. Sunday morning, Bears announced Tyler Bray, not just uh, the protected guy on the practice squad. He was elevated to the 53, or no, for the act. He wasn't part of the 53. He was part of the active 46-man roster for the game. Wow. So the the thought then was, by some people who I laughed out loud when I saw, was that the Bears had created a Taysom Hill-like package (laughs) for Mitch. Mm-hmm. And they were going to unleash that against the Colts, and that's why they had to have Bray in case Mitch, you know, got you know got bent in half. They would need another quarterback. Now, none of that makes any sense. Mitch, Mitch playing receiver doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, right. we've seen the Mitch can tackle. So if you're telling me that Mitch is going to come in and play D back, I might that I might buy. But the yeah. the other stuff, I'm not sure about. Um, even, okay, even if that's the case, okay, if you've got. Foles is your number one. Mitch is your backup, and you're going to use Mitch. And we're going to throw some wildcat stuff out there, whatever the hell it's called. With if Mitch gets hurt, Bray is the emergency quarterback, so you still have another quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to do that. You can just let Mitchy run around and and risk injury. This is not like having two catchers and one gets hurt, and you don't have a third catcher. Although. Baseball not like a, worry about that shit not, way too much too. Not like a Josh Fegley on the no, roster. No, but honestly, if the Bears wanted to add Josh Fegley, I think I'd be all for it. 
Um, why not? He let's might, give, let's give yeah. him a shot. Maybe he's not. He's not a baseball player. Maybe he's a football player. We just haven't tapped into that yet. Yeah. So it made me wonder, what would the Mitch, what would a set of special plays for Mitch look like? Because the reason that the Taysom Hill plays are effective is that he's, uh, they can play him at receiver. He's an athletic guy, but there's always the threat that he's going to pass. I don't think putting Mitch in the game to play another position is going to scare teams as to, oh my God, what if he throws? <laughs> what if he throws and misses his intended receiver by 10 <laughs> yards? What do we do? It's, it's kind of the reason he's not the real quarterback anymore. So I don't know the special yeah. um, set of plays just for him. So I, it amused me to no end. But then to get the whole, well, uh, Mitch, there were people they were dead serious about this. They're like, well, you know, the Bears are having a hard time blocking, and they were. Put Mitch back there. He's more mobile. He'll be able to make some things happen. It's like, all right, when has he ever, when has that ever worked? When has Mitch getting getting under pressure and then running ever actually helped? It was one of the encouraging things about um, the uh, er, the first, the early part of the Giants game was that the Bears were handling the Giants' pass rush, and Mitch was was moving around and actually getting himself in better position to make plays. He threw that really nice touchdown pass to Montgomery. He had another pass where he was he was kind of on the move, and but that's not this. That wasn't Mitch under siege bailing out plays with his feet. Because when Mitch gets under pressure, he sees nothing anymore. He just nothing. goes into full panic mode, and then the ball just gets thrown to the first the first jersey he sees, whether it's the same color as his or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think that would have helped. I'm going to go way out on a limb and say that if Nick Foles couldn't move the ball against the Colts, I don't think switching to Mitch was going to move it. Probably not. No. No, and, and and with Mitch being benched, we got to hear Rich Gannon, and he's not the only one. But I don't know why these guys continue to do shit like this. Where, you know, when you're the starter and you get benched, it's like the other your teammates treat you like you have some sort of contagious disease. <laughs> yep. So yeah, Rich. Um, uh, Rich. Uh, the contagious disease yeah. references. You got to put that on hold for like at least two years. Just Let's put that on hold. Rich, you see that plexiglass between you and Greg? There's a reason. For that. Yeah, it's not to protect you from his uh, from his toupee fumes, right? It's uh, and it's not. There's not. They're not setting up a salad bar over there, <laughs> right? That's there for a different reason. You're not on a game show. There's all the things they had to explain to Rich. Yeah, he's like, oh, is this from my phone a friend? No, that's not. There's not an isolation booth. Um, yeah. It's just to keep you from sneezing on each other. Yeah, that's why that's there, Mitch. I mean, Rich. I just uh, one of the interesting things, though. I don't remember which guy said it. It was um, this may have even been could have been the sideline person, but somebody talked about how. And this, I laughed out loud when I heard this because I can imagine it. They were saying that Mitch was having problems during practice this week, last week, because he didn't know where to go. Because he was the backup, and he didn't know what the backup was supposed to do, and it just cracked me up that uh, I can just see him like wandering the field, and he's like over with the kickers, and he's like, "Is this what I do now?" It's like, "No, Mitch, no, you go, just go, you go back over by the quarterbacks, 
Yeah. He's like shagging punts. He's doing <laughs> tackling drills with the defensive lineman. It's like, no, Mitch, right. you're still Mitch. The, you're still a quarterback. You know, that's, that's <laughs> honestly that's probably the reason they couldn't put the Taysom Hill package in for him. He would never go back over by where the skill guys were because he thought you know he he'd been demoted to like you know long. Actually, I wonder maybe he'd be a good long long snapper. Maybe that's the maybe with his passing the ball upside down between his legs. Yeah, is, would actually be a more natural thing. Maybe he can be the next Pat Manley, and we got we got another sixteen years out of Mitch doing long snapping. Actually, I'm, maybe he's maybe he's more accurate throwing the football that way. Email him to that. Maybe all right. Here's what here's what could happen. Yeah. Rest of the year, Mitch long snapper does such a good job. The Bears decide, you know what? We're gonna sign. We're gonna resign you. For next year, we're not going to draft a quarterback. We're going to go with you, but we're going to run plays next year that allow you to throw the ball downfield uh, backwards between your legs. <laughs> From the center position. <laughs> so Mitch hikes it to himself, drops back, turns around, fires it underhanded down the field. And it's like here, we're in the third quarter. Trubisky is 18 of 21 for 384 yards and six touchdowns. Again this week. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Matt Nagy has done it again. Congratulations. The visor just keeps on giving. So we talked about Ryan Nall a little bit, and I don't know why we don't talk about him more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bears lined him up as a fullback uh, on one play. And <laughs> the <laughs> Colts got very excited about that. I believe that was a um, it was a, it was a, a relatively big gain to Allen Robinson. And I'm sure it was because they were like, they're all like, oh, Nall's in. Everybody, keep an eye on Nall. Everybody, key on Nall. <laughs> but I like Don't the fact that, that, that they lined up with him as a fullback when he weighs like 230 pounds, maybe, at the most. Mm-hmm. Clearly not fullback sized. No. And I get the feeling every once in a while, Nagy lines up in the eye just to do the whole... Because the, the minute I turned on him for good was um, last year when he said they didn't bring me here to run the I formation. <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure they brought you here to figure out how to move the football. And if the only way you can move it is to line up in the eye, then you're going to fucking line up in the eye. Yeah. Then because do that. a good football coach, that's what, that's what a good football coach does. They don't have their precious little list of, this is what I want to run. That list of this is what I want to run is all fine when it works. When it doesn't work, yeah. then you got to run something else. And what we've seen over for you know three years now is that when the stuff he wants to run doesn't work, there is nothing else. There mm-hmm. is no, all right, scrap it. We're going to, on the fly... What we've seen from him is that he routinely, when they face a good defense or a really good defensive coordinator, even with maybe just kind of an okay defense, he gets game planned against, and there's no fixing it, which is none disturbing. Yeah, and that's what we saw. Uh, that was it was a bad combination for him on Sunday, because it was a good defense with the Colts and the great Matt Eberflus, who is a very good defensive coordinator. And it was it was about six plays into the game, and I was like, "Well, they're going to lose." And not the "Oh my God, they might lose," but the literal resigned. Nope, it's not today. Yeah. One thing we haven't talked about though is they did. 
it, it was one of those games where the defense was going to have to make a big play and get them some points and maybe, you know, get the other team back on their heels a little bit. And they, they had a chance mm-hmm. very early in the game. I think maybe the second Colts possession. I think so. It sounds about right. Maybe yeah. even the first because the uh, Bears got the kick, I think. I know they did. Um, Phillip Rivers throws a pass, gets gets hit, and it floats perfectly into Khalil Mack's hands. Khalil grabs it, runs it down to the five-yard line for Hugh. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no. He just drops it. Like, he had both hands. It wasn't even – I was hoping on the replay we were going to see, like, the – you know, where the guy starts to run before he catches the ball. You know, he's, like, all excited and he just can't wait for it. On the slow-mo replay, he's looking it in. He's doing everything the way he's supposed to do it. He's got yeah. both hands there. He's going to cradle. He's not even trying to – He's not. he didn't, like, try to catch it on his shoulder pads and it bounced off. He's catching it like a, like a non-Ted Ginn punt return. <laughs> and it just goes right through his arms help, harmlessly. Now, had he caught it and got tackled immediately, I think he would have been up to 20. So you're right about at the edge of Cairo Santos' field range. <laughs> yeah, right. 37 yeah, field goal. But yeah. you were going to get, you were most likely going to get some points, and then you didn't. And then later in the game, they had the exact opposite of that, where Roquan made an incredible interception. Mm-hmm. Saw the ball batted in the air, broke on it like a bolt of lightning, slid just inside the um, out-of-bounds line in the end zone. Great catch. We're all excited. Great. And unfortunately, as he started his run to the ball, he stepped on the he stepped on the sidelines, making him ineligible to uh, intercept the pass. Yeah. That was a beautiful play. He had a really nice game, including yeah. the, that, that play, too, which was a fantastic play but for the fact that he had stuffed out yes. of bounds. He had one low moment, which was um, yeah. Jonathan Taylor stiff-armed him and uh, shoved him out <laughs> yep. of the way, and he got around. And then later in the game, the, 16 yards. the, the cameras, the, well, not the cameras, the cameras showed it, but the microphones caught Phillip Rivers as he was getting ready to, he was basically just running the clock down to call a timeout, to as much of it as could, making fun of Roquan. <laughs> for, <laughs> he points at him like he's going to point out the Mike linebacker, and he goes, hey! And he points at Taylor. He's like, he, he got right around outside of you. And they're just yelling at each other. It's like, wow, that's Yeah. Cool. How embarrassing to be shit-talked, yeah, trash-talked by Philip Rivers. Lectured by a 47-year-old, once-good quarterback. Yeah. And that had Flanders of the NFL. So, the Bears are 3-1. and one. They are uh, now, uh, now they're in second place, a game behind... Um, the Packers, but still well clear of the uh, one and three Lions and the one and three Vikings. One and three Vikings. So two, two games. It'll take them at least two weeks to get caught, which they probably will. <laughs> by both of them. Right, because they're going to lose Thursday uh, clearly. Right. So Thursday night brings in uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, who had had not gotten off to a great offensive start, and then he threw five touchdown passes to five different receivers. Uh, Sunday. So they seem to have gotten things uh, uh, in line just in time <laughs> to come do bad things to the Bears on. And it's the first Thursday night game that's on Fox. You don't even need the NFL Network to watch this one. 
Wow. Um, there was a <clears throat> there was a thing today on Awful announcing about when it go it goes to Fox, but it's also the first week that you could if you have Amazon Prime that you can watch. Um, you watch the game on Amazon, and they have alternate versions of the game you can watch. Hopefully there's a version of it that the Bears win. That's the alternate <laughs> one I want to watch. But yeah. they, actually, what's alternate about it is the call of the game. And okay. um, so you can get, if you want Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, they're there for you. You can watch it on Amazon or you can watch it on Fox. You can watch it on Fennel Network. They're everywhere. But right. if uh, you could also get um, Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer. They're doing it again. Okay. They did it last year. Yep. Um, there's a uh, Spanish version of the game, okay. which is the one I'm going to watch because I'd like to brush up on my Spanish. You too. You were almost in Mexico, so you probably want to watch the Spanish version. Yeah. And now there's this thing. Um, it's called the Scouts version, which Whoa. is uh, they're going to get a bunch of Boy Scouts. In a, no, that's not right. They're going to, uh, <laughs> and I probably should have looked this up before I started talking about it, but I believe one of the Scouts is Bucky Brooks, who I think is a moron. Um. <laughs> How could a how could a guy with a name like Bucky Brooks be a moron? I don't know. Seems impossible. Um, but uh, so there's all these different kinds of things. Uh, mercifully, there is not an option, which I th- I'm surprised. I would have thought this was um, is coming. You don't. There isn't one where you have to listen to Jeff Joniak. Because um, <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised with all these alternates that they don't have one. It, it, this probably would be a good thing to have if you're to get people to come to Amazon because one of the things that's impossible if if you're a football fan now who is used to the um, the old tired cliche about oh the national announcers hate my team I used to be right. one of those and then I realized I hate my team more than those guys do so I don't have any <laughs> issue with what they say Joe Buck can't say anything meaner about the Bears than I've already yelled at the TV so it doesn't bother me at all yeah I hate my team more than Joe Buck does, yes, for sure. But there are um, there are still a lot of people who who choose to do this um, on their own, um, who try to link up the radio call with the TV, and yeah, it's gotten technologically impossible because it's in the old days, in the old days. Um, <clears throat> It used to be the problem was you were getting things over the air that the radio might be a little bit behind because of the delay they put to try to cut down on uh, the swearing. That's manageable because if you have any kind of DVR, it's easy to pause the TV for a second or two and sync them up and you're in good shape. But now the problem is radio is ahead of TV and there really isn't any way to like pause the radio. So I'm kind of surprised that Amazon, with these alternate feeds, doesn't have one where they just pick up the radio call. You could pick the Bear radio call or the Bucks radio call, and they just sync it up for you. Seems yeah, because like. they can do that on the MLB, the baseball package. That you have that option where you can, you know, I would do that when the, you know, I would listen to a Bob Euchre occasionally sync up uh, his cast to the television. Um. They used to have on the MLB package, maybe they still do, I haven't looked, you could watch the game with no announcers. Mm-hmm. You could just get the sounds of the park. Yeah, they still have that. Okay, and that's really cool. Um, yeah. I, although this year, what? You just hit mute. 
the same damn thing. Yeah. Right. Um, right. I tweeted about it one time and it wrote, Hey, this is cool. And Len Casper retweeted it and goes, no, it's not. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Like, sorry, Len. I didn't mean to. Um, but the alternate versions that Amazon Prime present do not change the outcome of the game, unfortunately. Correct? They haven't figured that out. This, this is not like a man in the high castle sort of uh, I don't know. I mean, thing. Jeff Bezos, that dude can do a lot. So I'm thinking maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the so they, uh, the Scouts feed is uh, Joy Taylor is hosting because they're not really, um, you know, it's not like she's doing play-by-play. And analysts are Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, who I also think is a little weird. Um, and it's ironic. Maybe I will. I might actually. Probably not during the Bear game, but during another game, I might check this out, see if I like it. Um, because one of the things I do genuinely like, and ESPN, like all things ESPN, ESPN fucked it up a couple of years ago. When they do the mega cast for the national championship, the college national championship football game, um, they did this thing called the coaches film room. And they would get like four current college coaches and they would just sit around a table and watch the game as you were watching it. And they would just talk about, you know, the game and stuff. And, oh, I remember that guy or he can't run. And they would tell funny stories. um, So they did that. And then they did a couple of years in a row. And I thought it was pretty good. And then um, the next year they expanded it. They did it for both of the (laughs) They did it for both of the playoff games and the national title game. But when they got the national title game, they forced the Monday night radio crew on us, or mm. TV crew. So we got right. Joe Tessitore, um, Booger McFarlane, and Jason Witten for no apparent reason. <laughs> Those were the three guys. Wow. Had. Right. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so that was no good. And then last year they switched back. They had regular coaches again. Although the problem is sometimes they get Mike Gundy. And Mike uh, never stops talking and thinks he's the playbook. Well, Bill, Bill O'Brien is available now. That's true. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. The, the Bears never in quest to have more offensive coaches than they do players. That seems like an obvious um, signing. Yeah. Where did I see somebody? Um, oh, Kevin Clark and Mina Kynes were talking about it today. And um, Kevin said... <laughs> That his theory about what's going to happen is that um, because um, the coach in Miami, what's his name, the old defensive guy from uh, the Patriots. This is bad. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, anyway, their head coach. Yeah. Came from the Pats. Bill O'Brien used to work for the Pats. Bill's going to come work for him next year. And then he gets to coach all the number one draft picks that he gave the Dolphins. Uh, in the <laughs> in that trade, so he's like, "Yeah, see, right. he's been playing the long con all this time, the whole time." Um. All right, so Bears Bucks, uh, the Bucks have an underrated defense, which is a problem. Um, they actually they were one of those teams where the defense last year was middle of the road, and everybody's like, "Well, they're not that good." Well, the problem was. Um, they got put literally in the worst starting field position of any team because Jameis Winston threw 30 picks. And I I, uh, I besmirched Jameis. I said that he lost 12 fumbles last year. Uh, he only lost eight. He only lost eight. Fumbled 12 times, but only lost eight of them. So it's only 38 turnovers, not 42. 
Yeah. Um, so the switch big, big to guess. the switch to Tom Brady probably helps them as much as it does the Tampa Bay offense because now they're playing, they're defending a normal size field instead of um, running out on the field at the twenty-two all the time. <laughs> um, and then Tampa has a uh, has an offense that seems like it might give the Bears a trouble. But um, did you know? I say this. I better check before I actually say this. <laughs> Because I, uh, I'm pretty sure this is still true. Let me look real quick here. Uh, yeah, still true. Uh, the Bears' defense, the only defense in the league that has not allowed a touchdown to a wide receiver. How about that? It's not bad for four games, and they've given up a fair amount of points. Okay. And it's because um, Kyle Fuller and, and uh, Jalen Johnson are actually good. Jalen Johnson has been surprisingly, surprisingly good. Yes. And then Buster. We knew they, Kyle Fuller was good. They just put Buster on like the, he has to pick up a tight end. And so that's the guy who always scores. That's probably the reason they don't give up touchdowns to wide receivers. Because just have Buster cover somebody who's not a wide receiver. And that's the guy who's going to score the touchdown. Right. So, um, oh, there's one last thing I want to talk about. Then see if you've got anything else. Then we can pick the game okay. and get out of here. Um, do you think that the Bears don't know that touchbacks go to the twenty-five yard line? Cordell has mastered the arts of catching the ball seven yards into the end zone <laughs> and bringing it out to the eighteen. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like, I ran it back 25 yards. Yes, you did. But we're not <laughs> at the 25. I, it was my, I t- we were, as as I was watching the game, bouncing across New Mexico and Arizona in the in the RV, uh, the, the game was playing on the speakers in the in the old Ford truck. And uh, my after the second or third time he did that, my wife said, why do the Bears allow him to do that? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I'm like, well, they're not really allowing him. He's just kind of making that decision. And she's like, well, he's making poor decisions. <laughs> well, yes, he is. Well, they should have known that when he chose to sign with them, that he was not <laughs> not making good decisions. That would have been the first clue. That's the old Groucho Marx joke. Yeah. I never belonged to a club that would be as a member. Yeah. N- never sign a free agent that's willing to sign with your team. Yeah. It's the same idea. <sighs> I have no doubt, and we've seen enough of him, Corderell is, is a good football player. He really is. I mean, he can do a lot of stuff. The problem with it is, is that he he does, over the course of a year, he will do like three things spectacularly. He'll have, he'll have, uh, he'll break a run, or he'll run a kickback, and he'll, you know, he's a very large man to get to go as fast as he can, especially to get to that top speed as fast as he does. But to get those three plays, you have to put up with an awful lot of nothing. You do. A lot of yeah. him just running a kickback and getting to the 18 or him getting a handoff and gaining a yard or none. On, on third and three, gaining a yard. Well, yeah, one of the things the Bears – I mean, it's – when people talk about the traditions of the Bears, you know, and it's, you know – great running backs and great middle linebackers, dominating defenses. It's also 
gaining one fewer yard on third down than they needed. That is mm-hmm. that's gone on my entire life. Right. Um, right. They even did the thing. So Foles apparently trusts three players on offense. He Allen Robinson, which is smart. You should trust Allen Robinson. Jimmy Graham and Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney emerging a little bit this week. Yeah. Yes. But he seems to forget that Darnell is like 5'6". Mm-hmm. And a couple of times on third down, he threw Darnell a ball where the only way Darnell, if he had caught it, could have gotten a first down, would have been to like broken three tackles. It's like, you're going to have to, if you were going to throw to Darnell on third down, he better be past the sticks. Because yes. it's it's not going to happen. And it's not Darnell's fault. That's not his skill set. So don't do that. Right. But um, I didn't think Foles played terribly. We've seen terrible, and that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. But he clearly didn't play well. He was no. not. He could not make up for whatever. Um, he wasn't going to transcend whatever that game plan was and make and make plays. But you did. You did see them approach things differently. They tried to run actual RPOs, which they'd given up on with Mitch. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't work mostly because you still, even with Foles, you don't really have to honor the R and the RPO because you know that the the play is called. That's a fake. The coach doesn't want him giving the ball to running back. He wants him throwing it. Um, and it's it's ironic because they seem to move the, the pocket more with Foles than they did with Mitch. Because it seems like that's a, you know, getting back to the Mitch, let Mitch run around and make plays. They really had gotten away from, like, rolling Mitch out because his footwork was so terrible that it he, he could he could not be accurate at all when he was doing that. Mm-hmm. He was, it was hard enough for him to be accurate in the pocket. And there was, a, there was a lot of argument last year about, after he hurt his shoulder, if that's why they stopped moving him. And Nagy kept... Um, saying, well, no, that shoulder, it's its not that bad, and it's not his throwing shoulder. We're not, you know, he's, he can get hit on it no matter where we put him. The reason they weren't moving him was because it's incomplete or worse <laughs> when he moves. And it was even to the point, I don't know if you remember this, there was the theory last year that Mitch couldn't throw to his left. Right. There was this whole thing about, you know, he can't throw left, so you don't even have to cover guys over there. And I don't remember who it was. Um, it was one of the guys in the Trib, who fancies himself to be a scout and a writer, said that the not throwing left was not accurate. But when Mitch moved left and threw, he had a t- his completion percentage was was even worse than normal. So that may have been where we got that theory. He he can literally throw the ball to the left side of the field, but if he's moving left and throwing because he has to throw across your body to do that, it was there's no chance. So yeah. Um. All right, so one guy who can throw left is uh, still is Tom Brady, and he brings the uh, the Bucks in on Thursday night to play our our beloved Bears. Um, the point spread is hovering. You can go shopping on this one. Oh, there's now nah, you really can't. Um, you can either get you can get the you can get Tampa minus four and a half or minus five. So they're giving the Bears um, you know, more than a field goal to try to stay in this thing. And the over-under, 44.5, which 
that has to have a lot of bucks <laughs> points in it. I would think. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be about 30, 30 bucks points factored in. So what do we think? The Bears stay within four and a half points. No shot. Of Tampa. <laughs> no, no chance in hell. No. And the other thing I wonder still is how how pissed Bruce Arian still is that uh, they hired Mark Trestman instead of him. Oh, I think he is really pissed about yes. that. I think he still is too. <laughs> yeah. Um, he thought he had that job. He left that interview thinking, all right, we're good. I'm going to come in. I'm going to be the Jay Cutler. He's not going to be the Jay Whisper. He was going to be the Jay Shouter. He's right. going to come in and yell at Jay and yeah. basically tell him, look, um, you know, I've coached better quarterbacks than you, so we're not going to put up with this shit. Yeah. And apparently Phil Emery decided that um, the guy to get the most out of Jay was going to be Mark Trustman, which is just just amazing. What a decision. And the reason I bring that up is I think that Arians is still pissed, and so um, I, he seems like the kind of guy who would try to run it up. Sure he would. Yeah. Which is why I've always kind of liked Bruce Arians. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why, why did you go for two? Because they wouldn't <laughs> let me go for three. <laughs> so I'm going to guess uh, the not only do the Bears, the Bears aren't going to cover, uh, and, no that, and that we're going to get over, and Tampa's going to be doing most of the work to get over the 44 and a half. I would say that's, yeah, I'm right with you. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. I, um... I don't think, despite the fact that they that the Bucks have um, multiple weapons on offense, they really when they're everybody's healthy, they really do have a good. Um, they really do have a good offense, though not everybody's healthy. Mike Evans is dragging a foot around, which will probably still be good enough. Um, right. Curtis has got a knee. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> yes, thanks, Ronnie. <laughs> Um, Chris Godwin didn't play against the Chargers, so he might be out. That could help a little bit. I don't think it's a terrible matchup for the Bears' defense. Um, See, I do. I just think Brady, because there are, there are great players on the Bears' defense, and there are holes on the Bears' defense. Right. And to me, there's you know nobody can exploit the holes on another team better than them. So I think that the... I think the difference will be that um, Brady is still kind of impervious to a pass rush mm-hmm. because he's more than willing to just keep if if you'll if you have to blitz and get after him and he can just throw that little three yard dump pass to a running back who's going to get five or six yards he will just do it all day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what I was I think the Bears are going to have a fair amount of points. I think it's going to come at a uh, methodical clip. I do worry that the Bears are going to, um, that the offense is going to replicate what they did on Sunday, giving Tampa lots of possessions, and that they will score considerably more points than the 19 that the Colts did. Well, I- and then are the Bears going to abandon the run game because they're behind and they have to play catch-up again? And, yeah, because they've, that's Nagy really wants to do that. He may not even yeah. he may not even know that he wants to do it. It's just it's his, <laughs> it's innate. It yeah. just comes out. 
So I joked during the game that we know um, we finally know who's calling the plays because um, <laughs> when they stopped passing, when they stopped running all together, it was clear that that was Nagy because uh, whoever was calling them the first three weeks was staying kind of admir- admirably. Um, they were admirably dogged about sticking with the run, even when it wasn't really working. And mm-hmm. that all went right out the window on Sunday. So, so, so you dropped a dogged on me, and early you, you dropped a besmirch. Oh, I got, yeah, I got all the big. Present. All the big yeah. words. For me, besmirch only brings up images of Godfather 2 with Michael testifying in front of the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I hope they will clear. Clear my name with the equal veracity with which they have besmirched it. Yeah, I have. I keep picturing at some point uh, the the Todd Ricketts uh, real estate fraud trial, <laughs> and the uh, uh, it, uh, aired exclusively in the Marquee Network. <laughs> that's the only thing they're going to show because God forbid they show the Theo press conference. <laughs> why? Why would you show it that? If you're the Cubs only network, why would you show the Theo press conference? No. Um, <laughs> but I could just I, I picture um, like the, the you know Todd is like I'm sure he'll just lie and um, and have no problem saying it. But I see that the the prosecutor getting so frustrated that finally the way they flip the trial is Todd is on the stand and they bring uh, Chris Coglin in. And just have him sit silently in like the third row, and it just completely unnerves uh, Todd. He's a Frank Pantangeli yes, of the right. of the trial. Yeah, you know, I don't remember nothing. I'm an old man. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I got my own family, Senator. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well. um... Yeah, we were we were saying before the podcast we're worried about the quick turnaround. Um, yes, you know, it's tough for us. Yeah, it's, for- it's tough on it's tough on podcasters to have to you know. I barely yeah. worked the soreness out from Sunday, and now I got to go right back in again. But then we'll get a nice yeah. long. We get a couple. We get three extra days off. Um, right, we could savor that. I don't even know who. Really? They, I don't even want to look. I don't even want to know who they play in two weeks. I'm only focused on the Bucks. I'm only focused on them yeah. losing to Tampa, and then I'll worry about everything else later. What what one game at a time. That's how we got to take it. So there's seven playoff teams in each league this year. So it was one extra, and it really feels like. I mean, we don't know. This is gonna be a weird year. On the early Monday night game last night, which actually I really liked, <laughs> having two Monday night games the, mm-hmm. and not having to wait up till freaking midnight for the other one. Um, Tony Romo based Tony Romo and Jim Nance were talking about how it's going to happen a lot this year. You know, I mean, if a co- if COVID test is going to postpone a game by a day, uh, and then I heard somebody the other day talking about, do, you know, is there any chance that that we end up with like in baseball, one of the NFL teams, two, well, I guess it have to be two because you got to play somebody. What if two teams don't even play all their games? I mean, are, are, hmm. are, are they, are they going to have to like? You know how do you how do you make up a game if it happens after everybody's buys and two teams can't play and they're when do they make that up? Would they do a double header of three quarters each? 
<laughs> they just shorten it. They bring Rob Manfred in to tell them how to shorten a game so that they can play a double. They can play two. Yeah. That'll probably be how the Bear Packer games have to happen this year. It'll be a doubleheader at Lambeau. Right. 40, 45 minutes apiece. <sighs> Rodgers will still throw for 12 touchdowns. It'll be great. Um, but I guess the question then is, okay, so the Bears, what I'm hoping for is that the Bears do the Cub thing and they coast off of a quick start and they somehow limp into the playoffs. Um, I don't know that 3-0 and was enough. But what if they win Thursday, which I don't really see how they could win, but what if they do? Uh-huh. If you get through, um, if you're four and one, you probably can go five and six, and have a really good shot at being that seventh playoff team. And so, if you yeah. told me the Bears get to four and one, then I could, you can talk me into them getting into the playoffs. Yeah, you got it. You had one more against the Lions, so you think you're going to win that? Yeah, they always beat the Vikings. So you get two more wins. They do well there. against the Vikings, right? Never lost yeah, to the I... Nagy's never lost to Matt Patricia or Mike Zimmer. Right. So there's three wins. So you'd be at seven. You just gotta win two could, more. Are there two more on there? Your... You could talk yourself into it, I think. Yeah. You could look at the schedule and pick out two more wins. Because if you look at it, it's exactly what the Bears did or the Cubs did. They got they were thirteen and three. And then mm-hmm. they were a five hundred team from then on, which is yeah. really what they were. And then they made the play, and they won. The, they didn't even just make the playoffs; they won the division. Well, they won the division, as it turns out, because the division was terrible, awful. Both NL Central, AL Central, horrible divisions. My favorite stat of the postseason is <laughs> that you know everybody knows the Reds, the Cubs, and the Brewers all all got swept. Mm-hmm. They led in those six games for a combined. One inning. <laughs> Ian Happ's home run. In the bottom of the fifth, the the Cubs led for the entire sixth, and then the yeah. Marlins scored three runs in the seventh, and then never trailed again. That was the only lead that any of those three teams had in the entire playoffs. I, I, that was great. Uh, my favorite thing was Trevor Bauer, the great Trevor Bauer, tweeting before the playoffs. Oh, I see that, you know, everybody says the NL Central sucks and we got four playoff teams. Guess we don't suck. <laughs> no, no, you really. Yeah, you all suck together. You're all. You, yeah. Um, so then if you throw in the American League Central, mm-hmm. those three teams won one game. The White Sox won game one. Right. So they went one and six. So, and then the Cardinals actually won a game and led in the second one. They blew two four run two different four run leads. And okay. and then and then I still I still submit they had the most humiliating loss of the playoffs. The Padres had no pitchers to start to pitch in game three. <laughs> they used nine different guys and they shut the Cardinals out. Amazing, right. Um so that so there are ten teams in the centrals. Seven of them made the playoffs. And they won two games. And that was the entire Cubs schedule. That Mm -hmm. was who they played all the time. And that's why they made the playoffs. Because they played a bunch of bad teams. So. um, 
What if they have to do this again next year? Got it. Well, that's a good question. I haven't read about this yet, but one of the things I want to write about is when do we think spring training is going to start? Yeah. Because I don't think it's going to start February 14th. Um, the NBA is already talking about they're probably not – they've given up on playing – on starting the season on Christmas. That was the original plan. Not going to do that. They're likely looking at – then they're, they're talking about maybe Martin Luther King Day. Maybe that Monday. Play like a triple header that day because they usually have a triple header that day anyway. But they're not really sure about that. So they're thinking maybe February 1st. And the reason for that is they want to play games with fans. They don't want to do the no fan stuff anymore. That costs them money and they just don't want to do it. Right. And, I mean, I guess if they're back by by February, then baseball can just come back because it's outdoors and all that, but not nonsense. But I just don't think they're going to be that way. And I see baseball basically getting a date when they think they can be, you know, have decent sized crowds and not wanting to start before that. And I guess the thing is maybe they'll start spring training on time because it's Arizona and Florida. They'll just do the stupid bubble thing. But I, if I, if there's a place to bet money on whether the baseball season is 162 games or not next year, I will pound the under on 162. Oh, for sure. I'm thinking yeah. that it, to me, it smells like 120, 130 games at the most. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's got that kind of feel to it. So there's baseball on right now and fans should watch it and I can watch it because um, there's the Cardinals, White Sox and Brewers are gone. So I can comfortably watch these games. Um, right. You should watch them because they might be the last ones you see for, quite a while so on that happy note (laughs) on that sunny note but it's still ironic that football the one sport that you would think you can't play in a pandemic and they just barrel ahead and oh yeah i mean even the ridiculousness of um so cam newton test positive and uh they push the game back one day they do a whole day's worth of contact tracing go no nobody else has tested positive we're fine Right. And now they're talking about if he if he passes the test twice this week, they'll just let him play on Sunday. It's like um, it you he can be infectious for up to fourteen days after ah. he tested positive the first time, but they're just ah. going to be like, nah, he's fine, just let him go. He's good. He's good. Good luck with that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks, Mike. And until next week when we recap the uh, the exciting Bears win over the Bucks. Yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, on short rest, we will be, but we will, we will get, we will, we will get through. All right. Talk All right. to you then. Many of us have herpes. 